Good evening and welcome to uh, tonight's uh, edition of San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. Uh, tonight's just two of us. Uh, Royce uh, taking the evening off to spend with family and uh, to be honest with you, not a lot of uh, SAFC that we need as whiteboard on tonight here. In fact, there's really no SAFC um, outside of maybe some Open Cup uh, discussion here. Uh, but Rafa, uh, welcome to the show. Uh, I got to start off with the Super Bowl. Uh, did your team win, lose? Uh, my, my team has five Super Bowls, but it's going to be a while. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully next year we'll get it. But it was an exciting game. Um, I guess like Brady is the GOAT. I mean, getting championship number seven. I, I, didn't, I, I expected a, a more competitive game, but, and, you know, props to Tampa Bay for having a good game plan. Yeah. Uh, I, Holmes. I thought the Chiefs were uh, going to win. I, I didn't think it was even going to be close. I thought, you know, as I posted on my social media feed, that the Chiefs would win by at least 10. And not having those go uh, those tackles and, you know, where Tampa was able to put pressure and, you know, uh, they were just they were just off. As much I hate to say it, but they were just off. So, But uh, for tonight's show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, high school uh, you're, we got the rankings once again uh, from Rafa. Uh, college soccer's kicked off. Uh, UTSA and UIW, uh, I think both ladies uh, were the ones that kicked off. Um, the college soccer is really going to start up. I think this week here is when we'll probably get a full slate between uh, both the men's and women's, you know, for the college teams uh, for that here. Um, there's a, a new SAFC player that's now coaching at Trinity, uh, which we'll go over. Uh, the Athenians uh, named a couple head, co uh, well, one head coach and an assistant coach, and really nothing along the line for SAFC as we talked about. And then you know, really the the big USL news uh, related would be the Open Cup, which uh, Brian Strauss of SI.com uh, uh, broke this afternoon uh, for that here. And, and like I said here, uh, RGV is still waiting to announce their coach here that, uh, that Jeff Reuter, uh leaked last week so it'll be interesting uh, i have a feeling that uh, that'll probably be coming in the next day or two here uh but to get started here rafa we want to start with uh 4a 5a or 6a yeah, let's start with the 4a you want to do boys or girls uh let's do it with the girls 4a all right 4A girls and taps so with the 4a girls uh taps here uh i'll go over it here and like i said here we did miss a week we missed last week uh rafa had rankings out uh, so these the ups and downs are from two weeks ago uh for that here so number one in the top spot antonian uh shirts john paul uh went from non-ranked and in, in i think that to be fair it was a little bit that they didn't play uh the one week that the second week we did it and then last week i believe they were back in uh, Burning Geneva, uh, Geneva uh, up to three, up one. Canyon Lake uh, stayed at four. Uvalde moved up uh, from seven to five. New Braunfels, New Braunfels Davenport dropped uh, from three to six. Bandera dropped uh, a spot to seventh. TMI dropped um, from five to eight. Uh, Lavernia and S.A. Christensen round out the top ten. Each one of them dropped uh, a spot here. And uh, SA and Cardinal Word uh, unfortunately dropped this week here. So for the uh, you know so for the 4A girls, I, I think the big big mover you know obviously has to be Shirts John Paul II just because uh, two weeks ago when we spoke here, the only reason why we didn't have them on is because they didn't play. Um, but it looks like since then they've uh, put in some good performances. Yeah, I actually had to do some real again with some research. Uh, had to look at some links, and finally I was able to get a hold a hold of the record. And um, like I said, they are the, they are the defending. I think the Division Three champions from last year. I think they won their their their, their district again this year. And now there's uh, Tap starts playoffs. I think this week, so they're the favorite to win the to repeat to the Division Three. Um, you got also kind of look out for Bernie Geneva. They could you know be a, they're a contender too for Taps. Um, same thing with Antonia for the, you know, in the 6A level. So, you know, we could have a couple state champions on the taps level with the girls, you know, you know in a few weeks. Uh, as far as the 4A or with UIL, like I said, Canyon Lake, so doing so strong. Volley's moving up. You know, like I said, they just started district. 
Uh, Davenport, you know, they lost a couple games, but like I said, I think District 26 4A hasn't started play yet. I think they start actually t- tomorrow night. So we'll have some updated, you know, uh, re- uh, records for some of the teams, like Bandero will be playing. Uh, TMI, I'm not too sure if they made the playoffs or not. I'll just, like I said, I'll do the research to see when they when Taps post the 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 brackets for you know for the playoffs and then Lavernia, like I said, they're good start for them for you know for district play and then Tessa Christian, like I said, just they're just finished their season. Uh, we'll see if they made the playoffs too as well for Taps. And same thing with the Carnivore, they know they dropped out. Uh, probably not going to make the playoffs, but we'll see. You know, depending on the ta- you know all those mm-hmm. Taps brackets. Moving over to the 4A boys, uh, no changes at the top uh, for that here. TMI uh, still uh, 13 and 2, 10 and 0. Church John Paul II uh, up nine. Central Catholic up one. Uh, Bandera slipped uh, from two to four. Bernie slipped from three to five. Canyon Lake stayed the six, uh, stayed at six, seven at Antonian. Uh, Lavernia moved into the rankings as well for the boys. Uh, S.J. Christensen uh, moved, uh, dropped down from five to nine, and Somerset uh, moved up uh, into the rankings for the first time. Uh, dropping, uh, actually, I have that incorrect. I have Lavernia on there twice here. Um, NB uh, Davenport here, and hold on, let me go through here. Might have been Fredericksburg, I think, that dropped out. Yeah, it's Fredericksburg. Uh, Fredericksburg that dropped off. Sorry about that here. Um, that dropped out here. But uh, thoughts on here? Seems like uh, Church John Paul uh, II, just like with the ladies, uh, moved up quite a bit. Uh, you know, are, do you know if they're in the same bracket as uh, Central Catholic, or are they on different uh, yeah. different? No, regions? they're in different. They're in different divisions. Um, I guess I had to do some research on them too. Finally got a hold of their, you know, their game and their their, their records. Or some of the games they played, and like I said, they had some pretty good results. So that's why I shot them up there. Uh, so they'll be, like I said, a favorite for the Division Three for Taps. Uh, TMI defending state champ. You know, I think for Division for I think Division Four uh, or, or the five A level. Let's speak about that. I think they should should repeat again. Uh, Central Kafka is making their way up. I know they struggled for a bit. But they just completed uh, their district season. They won their district, their district, and like I said, don't count them out in the playoffs. You know, the, you know, I know they, they had you know their, their struggles in the in the beginning, but those games are going to get them ready for the six A level for tap. So you know, I still can see them getting to the final going deep. in a couple of weeks. Yeah, going deep, and then yeah, Bandera, like I said, Bandera, Bandera, Bernie, Canyon Lake. Uh, they'll <coughs> excuse me. They'll be starting district tomorrow. Antonian, I think they're going to slip into the, I think to the playoffs. Like I mentioned, uh, well, shoot, hopefully Taps will have their brackets out. Hopefully tomorrow or Wednesday. Uh, Lavernia is a new one coming in. You know, good start for them for their for their district play. Uh, San Antonio Christian, like I said, drop out a little bit, drop a couple games. Uh, we'll see if they're going to be going to the playoffs. And then a newcomer, Somerset, a uh, good start for them for their district play, uh, for especially for a young program. So, you know, good luck to them in the season. And like I said, we had Downport, had some a couple of losses, and also Fredericksburg as well. So, like I said, the remainder of the 4A, like I said, the boys and the girls, uh, this should be playing district play this week. And so, like I said, we'll find the, a lot of the changes will be, you'll see some maybe changes in the on the next on the next show. All right, and what I'm gonna do, what I'm also gonna do is uh, kind of have a little bit pauses here, uh, because what we're gonna do is uh, I'm gonna break these up for uh, Twitter and maybe Facebook to have when we release these to maybe have uh, Rafa's uh, commentary on them as opposed to just listening them as the uh, sheet here. So moving to the five A late, or we'll, we'll do the five A boys uh, first this time here. Uh, Southwest uh, still rolling uh, for that here. Second, uh, New Braunfels Canyon up four spots. Alamo Heights dropped one. Your favorite, uh, Jefferson, a big big mover uh, in my opinion, up to from tenth to six or tenth uh, from tenth to fourth. A gain of six. Harlandale um, moves in. Edison moves in. Burning Champion dropped three. Uh, Veterans Memorial dropped five uh, spots. Uh, Lanier. 
and rounding out uh, Medina Valley. And dropping out was Kerrville, Tyvee, and Floresville here. So um, looking at kind of Floresville record, and uh, you know, makes you know, I'm wondering if they just didn't play and it, they just kind of ran out here. Uh, but uh, Southwest, uh, you know, I think it's what the Dragons, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're 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 rolling. Uh, they're rolling, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure they're not going to have any problems in, the, in their district play. I, don't, I just don't see anybody touching them now. Once we get to the playoffs, that might that might be a little bit different, you know. And I'm sure there's going to be some teams gunning. Um, like I said, you'll have Alamo Heights, Canyon, uh, Bernie, uh, and then you got your Austin teams like Dripping Springs, um, like Austin, Travis, a couple of those, you know, those teams. Could be uh, some kind, like I said, for this side of the bracket, you know, teams that they, they could face and contend against them. Uh, Canyon, they had a good, great couple wins, so that's why they moved up. Alamo Heights, uh, they slipped on one, so that's why they dropped down. Uh, that just shows that that district's very tough. Uh, like I said, that's it's it's tough, and it's gonna it's gonna be a dogfight. It's a playoff game every week in that in that district, which it also includes Dripping Springs. Uh, Jefferson, it uh, looks like they took taken a hold of the SAISD district. Uh, they're at four and zero for district play. Uh, Harlandale, after a tough non-district play, they're shooting up as well. They're in the same district with Jefferson. Same thing with Addison, had a tough non-district. They're undefeated. Eventually, those three are going to play each start playing each other. So we'll see some teams possibly canceling each other out <laughs> to see who gets district supremacy. Uh, Bernie Champion, a little disappointed. Like I said, they have three district losses, you know, after starting the season undefeated, and uh, I'm sure they'll bounce back. Same thing with Veterans Memorial. You know, they had started out hot and they've cooled off a bit. Uh, Lanier, like I said, they had a tough loss this, this past week. And then Medina Valley, like I said, they're in the same district with Southwest. Uh, they'll probably be a playoff contender in that district. And then, like I said, Kerbo Tavi out of the out of the, the top ten. Uh, key losses this past couple weeks. Yeah, and they then, had a rough week. Yeah, and then Floresville, I did find Floresville. They were actually, they're at, I think, four and two, and they had a, I think, a two and two district, I think two and two in district, so that's why they dropped out. But, like I said, 5 A's, uh, like I said, it's going to be a tough division, like I said, as far as conference, and we'll see, you know, uh, the next few weeks who comes up. But, like I said, Southwest are probably more likely going to win their district. Uh the other district has kind of come down to maybe Canyon, Alamo Heights, and Dripping Springs. And I know you put this out uh, right before the show here, but uh, WOAI had a story about Southwest. Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned that, you know, obviously that them being undefeated, but outscoring teams 83 to four uh, for that here. So I know last year we kind of had that discussion where is their record inflated because of who they're playing? Or are they really just that good? Uh, this year's a little bit different. Like I said, they did play some teams, like I said, in the non-conference. And then I think it also – they were limited this year on who they can play to because I know there are some teams that did cancel. You know, the my thing is the biggest threat to probably Southwest, maybe Dip Ripping Springs, but then you have to look down in the valley. Mm. And I've been kind of looking down there to see what's been going on. And Brownsville Porter is probably going to be the team to beat. Uh, they've been shellacking teams uh, left and right. Um, another contender would probably be Valley View. Um, so, like I said, those are the, some the top contenders in that for the, for the Region 4 that Southwest could see, you know, in, in those regional uh, – semifinals and then this year like i said we just found out uh the playoffs all the way to the regional semifinals it's going to be on a coin flip either it could be home and home or you're going to be on a neutral site you know they're not going to have predetermined regional sites until actually to the final so it's all the way to the state semi so that's that could come into play you know how do you think that changes things yeah you know, the home and home because <coughs> i'm assuming with the valley teams Mm -hmm. it's going to be a neutral site game somewhere, you know, in the middle most likely, or do you think they'll play home and home, you know, going down to the Valley? I could see them probably playing in Corpus. Mm -hmm. That's probably be, unless, unless they play, 
maybe like a Dripping Springs or an Austin area team. They could meet up in um, could be in Laredo, meet up in Laredo. I mean, they could possibly also meet up here in San Antonio. Uh, the what the worst case scenario is losing flipping home and home is lo- losing that flip and playing down there. And I, you know, and I've been a couple of games down there, and it does get. I don't know how capacity they are right now as far as fans, but you know they have some very passionate high school fans. Yeah, Yeah, they they actually have more fans than the RGV game. So, (laughs) so like I said, we'll see. We'll see by that time. I guess when we get to that point, see. Hopefully, things do improve. They do let more fans in, but it's going to be interesting. Like I said, uh, but I'm sure most teams are probably going to see if they're going to have games in neutral site. So Corpus might be the ideal spot some of these uh, these neutral side games between the Valley teams or in San Antonio. Now, for the ladies, Alamo Heights, still number one. <coughs> Rumpel Canyon moved up a slot. Uh, Bernie Champion up a slot. Uh, number four, Southwest. Uh, Jefferson moved up from nine to five. Mm-hmm. Kerrville, Tyvee uh, moved up one. Lanier, Harlandale was non-ranked. Veterans Memorial, uh, unfortunately, took the fall from two to nine. And then Floresville. And then uh, Burbank is the one that uh, uh, dropped out on the 5A girls because, uh, unfortunately, they just ran into a, a rough uh, start of the the uh, district season here. But uh, thoughts on the ladies with the 5A girls, uh, you know, for that here, uh, especially with uh, – Veterans Memorial taking the uh, dip down when it comes to district play. Yeah, that district twenty six five A is just it's 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 just brutal. Like I said, you have Alamo Heights, Canyon, Tyvee, Veterans Memorial. Then you add Dripping Springs into the into the mix. Um, you know, it, it's a, like I said, it's a playoff game every game, and right now Alamo Heights is pulling it off right now as far as you know being the top spot I'm sure they're gonna contending with like I said with Dripping Springs for the district title uh but I, I do see like I said Dripping Springs Alamo Heights and Canyon getting the three uh playoff spots I think Bernie Champion might get that it's gonna be between Bernie Champion and Curvo probably for that fourth spot uh to get into the playoffs so but that's like I said having that tough district it's going to get you battle tested, ready for the playoffs. Uh, on the flip side, is when it comes to girls soccer for five A girls in, within the region. You know, probably twenty six five uh, A is probably the, the favorite to come out to go to state. So it could be any of those four or five teams. Uh, Southwest coming up strong. Like I said, four district four district wins. Uh, the big surprise Jefferson. They come in, like I said, five bit. You know, five and zero in district play. There could be a dark horse in the playoffs. Same thing with Southwest. Uh, Kerrville, they're kind of bouncing back. Uh, Lanier's, you can say, holding their own there for their 27-5A. Uh, same thing with Harlandale. Uh, Veterans Memorial, like I said, they dropped down. They had a couple key losses during the last couple of weeks. And the same thing with Forzo. They had a couple, a couple key a key district loss to knock them down to number 10. So moving to 6A, we'll start with the ladies this time here. Uh, number one all year, uh, Reagan, uh, Smith and, Smithson Valley, uh, I think has been holding strong at number two. I think those two have been one and two all year. Uh, Lee uh, up uh, three spots from six to three. O'Connor is the big mover up uh, this, this week here from uh, 10 to four. Brennan moved up four. Madison dropped two. Taft dropped to uh, Brandeis was the big loser this week, dropping from three to eight. Johnson dropped one and Clark dropped three. Um, so nobody really moved out of it, but there was obviously, as you can see, quite a bit of shuffling between three and 10 uh, when it comes to the 6A girls' rankings here. So what a mess. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at that, uh, you know, just looking at it, that just tells you how competitive. 6A girls soccer here is in San Antonio. You know, uh, any any of those teams, you know, could uh, be a favorite for, you know, to get into the regional tournament, you know, like the region final four or even get into state. Uh, but my, my favorite is still Reagan. But, you know, maybe down the road in the playoffs, like I said, they could see Swinson Valley. Then you, could, you also have to contend uh, with, the other, with the other teams like, 
Westlake, Clay Travis, uh, another one, Vandergrift, some of the Ron Rock teams, you know, you know, we don't know how good they are. But, you know, like I said, they're, I'm sure they're going to give our teams a run for the money. Uh, like I said, Lee, the Lee girls are having an excellent season. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're in second place in district. Uh, same thing. The one thing, the difference is the uh, District 29-6A, they're actually going to take a little different path from the playoffs. They actually get to avoid some of these teams. Um, O'Connor, Brennan, um, they could, you know, run the table and get to the, reg- in the regional final four. Uh, their first playoff games would be uh, the Laredo, uh, the 20, uh, 36, 30, 36A, be the Laredo area teams and uh, they, the Laredo area teams just not match up with these girls, you know, for, for the this year. Yeah, they just don't won't match up. So I think the only run in is that they run into maybe, you know, like a Harlage in South or you know one of the La Jolla teams. But I I think you could see I could see two Northside teams get into the regional finals through that route since they are going to be playing the Valley teams on the other side of the bracket. And then the ladies will also be doing the home and home or or the uh, yeah flipping uh, coin yeah yeah flipping coin uh, for that here. And then uh, for the boys, uh, not as it doesn't seem like with the six A um, that there's been a lot of you know as much movement compared to the uh, ladies here. But on the boys, Clemens still remains the top spot. Uh, Lee's, uh, you know, after I think they had one loss, but they've rebounded well. Harlan, you know, you'd never know that they were a five A team last year. Uh, Churchill's, you know, up, up one to four. Smithson Valley, Johnson dropped from four to six. Uh, Marshall up one. Reagan Warren, um, new uh, new to the new to the rankings. O'Connor, you know, dropped from seven to ten. Brennan and Wagner both dropped out. And, and like I said, if you look at their overall records, especially Brennan, uh, you know, very good. But uh, when you look at the league record, that's where uh, that's where we ran into some issues. So uh, the six A with the north side here. Uh, what's going on? Well, Clemens, still, like I said, still number one. Um, I'm sure they're going to have a showdown cl- uh, with Swinson Valley pretty soon, so that's going to be a cool game. The key game is actually Friday night, uh, number two, Lee, number four, Churchill, uh, one of the uh, NSISD classic games. Uh, that's a big rivalry game there. Um, winner's going to take control of the district. Uh well, who has a little tough is like I said. They like I said is Lee. They have to play. Um, they have coming up back to back Churchill and Reagan. So that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough test there. Um, like I said, Churchill was able to knock off Reagan. So like I said, they're they're in second place in that tie for first in that district. Harlan, like I said, they're they're the class um, at 29-6A. Uh, Johnson, they, they had a couple key losses, but I'm sure, sure like I said, they're still a contender to get into the playoffs. Uh, Marshall's trying to get their, you know, they're trying to get their stride back on after last year's, you know, good run. Uh, Warren is a surprise this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a very young team last year. Like I said, they're, so they're doing one of the district play. Uh, O'Connor, they started a little hot and now they've slipped up a little bit, but I'm sure, like I said, they'll bounce back. And same thing with, with Brennan, I think. Like I said, 29-6A is going to be it's going to be a dog fight, but I think Harlan should take care of that district. Uh, same thing with Clemens and their district with a 27-6A. Uh, with 28-6A, my favorite is still Lee, but like I said, Friday night, Churchill has a, has a chance to say otherwise. Um, you know, whoever wins that game, like I said, takes control of that district for that first for that first round. So. And then playoff-wise, like I guess I was kind of doing some little research uh, as far as who, some possible matchups. Um, we could see, like I say, if everything like say stays the same in district, you know, we could see a possible third-round match between Lee and Clemens. Oh wow! But, uh, yeah, there's a couple of dark horses from the Austin area that may have other th- other say otherwise. Other yeah, like Lake Travis, well, Vandergriff, um, you know. Also, Westlake, uh, Harlan mate, like I said, Harlan moving up from like five to six A. Like I said, they're not going to be playing those teams in the, in the playoffs, not till probably around uh, until the regional to the regional semifinals. So they could make a run, 
But like I said, they may run into, you know, La, La Jolla, Juarez Lincoln. They always have a strong squad every year. Uh, you know, Harlingen South has been the big surprise down there in the Valley. They're undefeated. Um, then you have your Pereno Powers, Brownsville Hannah, Brownsville Rivera. So, like I said, Harlan could have an opportunity to, you know, get into the regional final four, but they may have to, like I said, run into a couple of those teams. So, and then even some of the other teams like Marshall, you know, they can get their stride on. Uh, Reagan, like I said, Reagan, Reagan's starting to bounce back. Um, they have a big game next Tuesday night, I think, I think against um, Lee. Mm-hmm. So, and the first the first go around of the district play, like I said, we could see maybe see a three way tie for first place or, or you know in that district. So it's 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 going to be our barn burner after after next you know after next week. So here's a question here for you: um, uh, Who do you think is the best team for the in the boys, and who is the best team in the girls between the rankings? You know, if you were to if you were to kind of go through, who would be your your favorite? Um, you know, you know, be, you know, between you know, you know, for the boys, you know, you obviously you got your listing as far as mm-hmm. you know, six A, five A, four A. You know, for the men's and women's or boys and girls, if you were to pick one team as as far as your top team in the area uh, for each side, who would that be? Uh, right now for for all four, well, for four A, five A, taps, six A, um, I'd pick Lee. And the reason why they're they're battle tested, uh, they they're in a, probably one of the most brutal districts in the state, and you know I, I think they have a little chip on the shoulder. I think not being able to because of the season, you know, being not being shut able down, to finish it last year. Yeah, yeah, not be able to finish it. You know, so I think when you have a little chip on your shoulder. Uh, you know, kind of like the page, uh, kind of like the picture, like the <laughs> like the Buccaneers last night. You know, Brady, like Brady. You know, you have something to prove. So they they'd probably be my favorite. Like I said, favorite to, to go to state first the for the boys. State. Yeah. What about for the ladies? The ladies, ooh, that's you got some such great teams, and especially the five and six A. Um, I, I'm gonna give the edge to the Reagan girls. You know they, you know they said that they have they've had that that history of being having elite soccer teams year in year out. Um, so I think they're 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 my favorite. But another because another team that's just as you know I think they can compete with it because they did play with they played last year. It was actually a pretty good game. Out uh, the Alamo Heights girls, you know they they bring it too. So. But another another contender could be the Lee girls. You know, they I think they have something to say too, especially what they had a, their little good run last year. No, I just thought, I thought I thought of that, especially where you know they're what four weeks, five weeks into the season now. Mm-hmm. So where you've had an opportunity to be able to kind of see uh, see the teams not as much as normal just with, with COVID. Uh, you know, I know I haven't been out yet, and and I know you've been out a couple of times, I think, but not as much as normal. <laughs> Just trying to, you know, be safe and stuff here. So that'll complete our high school for this week here. Um, we're going to kind of move up. College season, as I mentioned, is getting started here. Uh, to me, you know, uh, UTSA uh, had an opening win, 2-0 two, two over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Uh, there was an own goal uh, in the 12th minute and in the 65th minute. Uh, Tara Greeson uh, with an assist from uh, Ariana Gomez. Uh, scored there, so you know they started the season uh, off right, um, and then UIW uh, actually had a couple of games last week. Uh, they started off well. They beat uh, Prairie View A and M two to one, but then they fell to uh, UT uh, RGV uh, one nothing uh, for their here in a close match. Uh, it was a PK um, early in the match. Uh, I want to say eighth, ninth minute, somewhere around there. And uh, through there, although I, I do like the kits by UIW, I won't lie with the with the, with, the with candy the stripe. Yeah, I do like that, so I won't, won't lie like lie about that here. Um, but to me, the thoughts on it. Um, it was well, great to see, like I said, the college. You know, the college season kind of start. I know they weren't able to play in the fall. Um, I know it's going to be a limited play. 
I know, you know, maybe I think six or seven games, but it's it's good to see, you know, good to see them back on the field. And and I know I, I know I heard some good things, like I said, for like UTSA. I think they had recruited really well. And I think they were going to be a contender, I think, for Conference USA. So I know. think they're I think they'll be in for their best year because there are some strong programs in mm-hmm. there. But I think. For UTSA, I think they're hoping to get their their uh, best year to where they qualify for the CS, mm-hmm. uh, CUSA post tournament, um, and possibly the you know the, the you know the uh, NCA tournament here. But uh, yeah, that that'll be interesting here. I, I'm interested to kind of see how Trinity is going to do, um, and then you know with the D3 level, um, you just look and I went through and put together my standing or my schedule sheet for them. Um, it doesn't seem like the D3 is really playing a whole lot. You know, you know it seems like, uh, what was it, uh, what, Texas Lutheran, uh, 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 was it the one, what's the one in Kerrville? Uh, Shriner. Shriner and uh, Trinity, you know, it's, you know, they're playing a team from Austin, a team from Dallas, uh, Southwest up in Georgetown. So they're all playing just, you know, just in, in Colorado College. So it'll be interesting because it's going to be a sprint, you know, for, for their schedule. And if you get off to a slow start uh, and this goes for the men's and women's, uh, you know, for that here. So I know here at the uh, SA soccer Roundtable, we're going to, tr- you know, you know, where we're not really doing a whole lot with the uh, UPSL and uh, national soccer league this year, just because we, you know, it's not safe to go out. You know, some of them aren't even allowing fans and it's where we're probably going to try to highlight a little bit more of, you know, the results uh, for them going on for this year here. Um, I, I was going to say, you know, hopefully they are live streaming some of these games so you can check check them out, kind of support, you know, we can't support them maybe face-to-face because mm-hmm. uh, we, we're not sure if they're, whether they're allowing fans or not, but and if they can live stream some of the games, that will be great. You know, that way you can see, so they can showcase their talent and see, you know, where they are right now. And then, like I said, the future looks bright for a lot of the, you know, our area college mm-hmm. soccer teams. For the for the next fall season. Speaking of look, looking bright here, uh, some local news here. Uh, former uh, Wake Forest University, Chivas USA, Philadelphia Union, uh, Miami FC, and NASL, uh, FC Cincinnati, former San Antonio FC player uh, Michael Hood uh, joins the uh, Trinity coaching staff uh, for that here. So. Uh, to me, he's what the second former SAFC player to to do that here. Um, I forget the center back. Uh, Montgomery? Uh, oh, no, no. Um, I forget. Uh, yeah, but he's. I didn't see him still on the staff. So I think Michael's the only one that, that's on here. So uh, thoughts on you know, Michael and, and really not only that, but, you know, I I know there's other players that are going from SAFC and other USL teams and stuff to the college ranks and and how important that is, uh, you know, for the growth of the game. Well, he's just bringing a wealth of experience to that staff as far as, you know, playing in the pros and and MLS and USL. I guess everybody likes Michael. He, He was a great, great player for us here at San Antonio FC. So, I'm glad now because he's taking that next step to coaching, and you know it's kind of like uh, like with Coach La Madrid. He started out with Trinity, now he's with SAFC. <laughs> so you know Trinity is a good stepping stone to get your you know your feet wet before going on your own. And I know I know the head coach there, Trinity, lots of experiences, you know national championships. Uh, he's done an excellent job with that program, and I'm sure he's going to learn a lot from that. And then wherever he ends up going, maybe. Opportunity maybe to be a head coach somewhere, you know he's going to benefit from this. But it's a win. Like I said, it's a win for the city of San Antonio. Win for Trinity University having Michael there on part of their staff, and I'm sure their players are excited to to learn from him. You know, ask him, you know, questions about you know what does it take to get to that next level. You mm-hmm. know, USL or MLS. So it's like I said, I'm happy for him, and I'm sure he's going to do a great job there. I think for me, the the thing that I'm excited about is number one, the experience, but then the opportunity for him. Uh, I'm assuming this is going to help him further get his you know coaching licenses and time and 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 stuff into where, you know, you know someday you know maybe he can be part of the SAFC staff or back up to MLS or you know where wherever that uh, you know him and his family you know would like to um, 
you know, take part or get the opportunity for. But, you know, to me, I thought that was pretty exciting news that um, a guy that came to, you know, SAFC from Cincinnati, and I know he's still got close ties up in, in Cincinnati because, you know, I know he's part of the Cincinnati Soccer Talk uh, podcast up there. So, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see that he's still hanging um, down here. Uh, the other news that we have locally here uh, is has to do with the Athenians. Um, uh, the San Antonio Athenians SC are excited to announce, and I'll let you uh, go with the name, uh, Fabio. Yeah, Fabio Melo de Alcantara. Alcantara. Yeah, so, um, as was named a head coach of uh, you know the team for the 2021 season. Um, according to uh, you know the Twitter and the press release uh, on, on, on SA Athenians Twitter here, uh, Coach Hales from Brazil. You know he worked in the futsal world of Rio de Janeiro before moving uh, to the uh, prestigious youth academy of uh, Cruzeiro. And I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Um, he is already on staff with Juventus San Antonio, um, so of course he brings a lot of experience. Um, he currently holds a CBF Academy, uh, you know, with the Brazilian Federation, uh, or, you know, Brazilian Football Con uh, Confederation license uh, for that here. With him, uh, he's also uh, forming uh, with the international duo French-Spanish assistant uh, Marc uh, Vieri. Uh, he was a former assistant of a Spanish D3 team, Athletic uh, Villafranca. Um, and he's also worked with, uh, Vieira's also worked with FC Nantes in France and Dubai before coming to San Antonio. And he will also coach the Athenians U23 team, which will probably be in U, uh, um, which will probably be in UWS, uh, two, uh, on there here, which is a U23 team. So they will also have their first, uh, 2021 season tryouts, uh, Friday, February 19th at seven. And a second one on February 28th at 5. Both are at Soccer Central. And, of course, you can check out, you know, saathenians.com um, or, you know, you know, hit them up on, you know, Facebook, you know, Twitter, Instagram uh, for that here. So thoughts on the new coach, uh, you know, for the Athenians. Seems like he has quite a bit of experience, you know, for, you know from Brazil. And then also, you know, the assistant coach, you know, having worked with, uh, uh, looks like here, um, other women's teams, you know, in France and in Dubai. So thoughts on uh, the Athenians coaching staff coming up for uh, 2021. That's going to be a good coach with lots of experience. Uh, like you mentioned, the head coach learning from the Crusado Academy. Crusado has been one of the top teams in Brazil. Sierra, uh, they've won the Copa Libertadores in the past. So he's going to bring that the, the beautiful game here to, to the Athenians. <laughs> So it'll be interesting how they how, how the uh, the Athenians are going to be playing, you know, with his 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 style. Um, same thing with the assistant coach, you know, you know, with League One with FC Nantes, um, and also being in the Spanish league for even though it's a Division Three, it's still competitive. You know, get, getting an experienced staff is going to probably be a difference maker for the Athenians. That maybe they have maybe lacking in the past, mm -hmm. but. This is probably going to be one, probably one of the best coaching staffs they've assembled, and it's probably going to lead to a lot of great things, and hopefully contend to, you know, to the league to the league championship. So I may get in trouble for this, but uh, you know, uh, to our, our good friends up in Austin, uh, you know, in uh, GM Danny, uh, you know, no offense, but uh, you know, San Antonio, I hope's all over Austin Elite, so. Uh, but I can't wait to see that derby uh, happen this year here. So that kind of wraps up as, as far as the news and, and stuff that we have. Uh, you know, unfortunately, San Antonio FC, um, outside of the, the six player announcements in, in two weeks, uh, the last, what, two, three weeks since then, mm -hmm. been pretty dry. Um, no real news. Um, the only news that really popped out, um, I know. Uh, RGV is supposed to be announcing their head coach, and then I'm assuming we'll expect to see um, quite a bit of, of movement uh, player-wise with them. So it'll be interesting to see if any former SAFC players uh, land back in, in RGV. Uh, but, you know, I guess to me the big story that we have before, you know, we, we head out, and, you know, unless you have other questions, 
Uh, Brian Strauss from SA.com broke uh, that the U.S. Open Cup uh, will be shortened this year. So uh, four amateur clubs out of 34 that qualified uh, for 2020s uh, for it here are going to get selected. Two NISA uh, teams, and I think probably the, the odds-on favorite of those is going to be Detroit City, who won um, the uh, their tournament last year. Uh, Oakland Roots won, uh, finished second, but uh, they're now in USL Championship, uh, so would probably go to I have a feeling to Chattanooga. Uh, League One is going to get two as well. Uh, you know, you know, for that here, uh, USL Championship <laughs> will get eight, um, and MLS will get eight. Um, and I'll try not to put my personal feelings on this, uh, but the eight USL. The two League One from USL uh, League One, the two NISA, and the four amateur clubs will play in a beginning round. And then I'm assuming the winners of those will then face the eight MLS teams in, in some sort of draw. So once again, MLS is the last to come in. Um, it's only five rounds. Uh, you know, the first round would start May 4th uh, for that here. Uh, second round would be May 18th, 19th. The quarterfinals May twenty fifth, uh, June fifteenth, and it wraps up you know uh, June thirtieth. So you're talking about a fairly quick turnaround uh, when it comes to the <clears throat> to the Open Cup for this year. Thoughts on it? Um, my question is, how do you choose the eight? I think two have to be Phoenix um, and Tampa because they won their they won the conferences last year. I think the other two um, would be the the champion, you know, the conference finals, which would be El Paso and Louisville City, which I think is a lock. Um, but then the other four teams, you know, you know, Reno was one of Reno Reno was one of the final eight teams. New Mexico was one of the final eight teams. Uh, St. Louis was one of the final eight teams, and Charleston was one of the final eight teams. So you can't even go the top eight qualifiers because two of those St. Louis and Reno, unfortunately are no longer playing. Um, so then it would come down to, I think most people expect like in the West, you know, for, you know, for the, you know, for two out of three out of possibly Sac Republic, uh, you know, New Mexico or San Antonio. Um, but then what about Tulsa? They also made the playoffs. Um, and then, you know, and, and, and then in the East. So, the question is, number one, could you see teams turning down? And, you know, do you think SAFC would turn down the opportunity? Because you're talking about looks like a pretty ramped up schedule, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you know, playing, you know, what, fourth, fifth, you know, two weeks later, you know, and then what, a week later, 18th to the 25th. So you're looking at a per, you know, if you, if you do get the opportunity, number one, travel is probably going to be a little bit more because it's going to be spaced out. But number two, you know, you win one, you get to face an MLS team, and then you're already in the quarters where you're, you know, two you know two wins away from clinching a CONCACAF uh, Champions League uh, berth since uh, USL. This is only USL straight shot. <laughs> and, then, and then went in and go to meet the final against Bayern Munich. <laughs> uh, I'm let's let's just get to the championship, the CONCACAF <laughs> championship level once. I'm hoping that we do get in. I mean, we. I think we have the team. You know, we have the depth. You know, we got our academy players. You know, I think that would be, you know, a good opportunity for them to play. I think the, the kind of the lower division teams before we get to the MLS, I mean, you want them to get some playing time. But, but I don't think know, this year you do that, though. You're talking about your one, two, four wins – from playing in a spot to win Champions League, you know, maybe if you're going against, you know, maybe that first one, yeah, um, that's, that's, you, that's you, you may about. you may go against them, but once you get to the round of 16, you're playing MLS, and then you know, assuming that you're playing MLS or other, you know, you know, quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, you're probably playing some some quality teams. You know, you know, we, we'll have to see who the eight MLS and who the eight. Um, who the eight uh, are from, um, you know, you, you know, USL, but 
NISA teams, they're going to be actually ahead of us because they have a, a tourney in, in um, Chattanooga that starts the last two weeks um, in April. So they're already going to have some time frame underneath them. League One, I think it's going to be kind of preseason for them, but it's, you know, I think what we're scheduled to start around May 1st, right? I think mm -hmm. is, is there. So you're going to have one game and then depending on preseason. So I just, I, I think for this one here, maybe that first round, if you're playing, let's say, you know, a, a amateur team, but if you're playing a, a um, League One or NISA team, most likely it's, it you know, because you're not going to, you're going to, to me, you're not going to accept going into this mm -hmm. if you're not thinking you have a shot going, going the distance. Because, you know, if, if you're just going to, you know, play, you know, your B roster, you know, why would you take a spot? If, does that make sense? Yeah. But I think, I think, you know, for us, you know, there's a couple players that kind of benefit from this. I'm not saying not all mm -hmm. the academy players, maybe like a Leo Torres might benefit from this because he still have, players with experience around him and that's what we want him to kind of learn how to playing like with PC and, and you know and the rest of the crew. Um, I, I think it'd, it'd be a good thing uh, but yeah the format this year uh, it doesn't sound too appealing you know I know it's a, it's an opportunity to get into the Champions League but I, I kind of wish that it would you know USL would create their own cup kind of like um well, you know, I think they've had discussions on that, and this goes back, I think, to COVID, where it's kind of yeah, put a pause on everything. Because mm -hmm. I know that is something that uh, um, that they do want to do, and, and I think if we weren't in a COVID world, I do think this year we would have seen that. But yeah, I think maybe for twenty twenty two, I mean, I like to see something like kind of what, like I said, with most of the other European teams, like they have their league play and then their domestic cup. And then they have the winner of the league versus the winner of the domestic cup for like a super cup. I think that'd be cool, you know, to have, and I think a USL can market it well, you know, cause MLS doesn't do that. And be, I mean, if MLS was smart, they, they probably would do something. <laughs> they have more people attend games, make it more interesting, more of the style of, Euro, of Europe, you know, cause that's even Mexico has it, you know, they have the Copa MAX, they play the winner of the of the whoever wins the league. Actually, they've had the Copa MX uh, the first the first season, and then the second season they'll play against each other, and then the two league team uh, winners will play each other, and then they'll play at one super final. Uh, so it just brings more excitement, more opportunities to win trophies. Uh, so hopefully, maybe uh, USL is probably looking into that. For, you know, for I know not this year, but for 2022, I think that would be a great way to, to you know to spread out you know spread the usl more i mean even league one can do something like that too i mean that'd be great for that now and i know this is kind of a toss-in and, and if you don't know it you know you don't know it the conca uh, calf champions league uh did you see the new format any thoughts on that uh i'll go over here just briefly here uh uh, so it looks like here it'll be. It looks like here that's going to be a regional regional pool with twenty North American entries with you know from uh, Mexico, United States, Canada. Uh, it'll have a group stage and then progress to a sixteen team uh, knockout here. Um, but it'll have twenty teams from North America, twenty teams from Central America, ten from Caribbean. Um, they'll all play in kind of group stages. And then it'll advance here. So, but for North America, oh, let me see if I can find it here. Oh, this is not a good one. Um, I think there's two spots for the Canadian Premier League, which I'm not going to lie to you, bothers me. Um, what was it? Eight spots for Mex uh, for the the Mexican leagues. And so out of the 20, so eight, eight. Um, yeah, so Canada got three uh, with the, the their league championship two, and then there's eight spots uh, for MLS, eight spots for Liga MX, and then one for the uh, was it the uh, champion? Uh, uh, the, America. But yeah, you know the you know between uh, US or between MLS and Liga MX. Yeah. 
that's where you get that half a spot for either Mexico or uh, MLS uh, for that here. So, and then I think the big winners, uh, well, it depends on what you look at it. It sounds like the, uh, the CONCACAF league is going away, but in, it, what's replacing it is the home and home, um, you know, for the Island teams, you know, the Caribbean teams, they get, you know, 10. So there's more spots for them to move into the, um, you know, the, the champions league. And then in central America, you know, they get the, the 20 teams that will, will go in and then they get the home and home for it here. Um, to me, I, you know, and then it goes into uh, a pod, uh, you know, for it to go through for that here. But number one, uh, USL still does not have a direct shot, even though they're probably top five league uh, in the CONCACAF area. And I understand that they're, they're um, division two per U.S., uh, you know, per U.S. Federation. Um, Canada, even though CPL is considered is, is because they're considered uh, uh, Division One, they uh, qualify two spots for it. Um, but you know, to me, you know, does this tilt heavier towards uh, Liga MX? Um, you know, where you know where they're going to have that regional play with you know with MLS and the Canadian teams uh, for that here? Do you expect them to kind of be able to stack the deck when it comes to the knockout stage, or do you think it'll still kind of be evenly split, uh, split between MLS and 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 um, and um, uh, Liga yeah, MX to to figure uh, out who makes it to the knockout stage? I think Liga MX has just been dominating. I mean, I mean, you have you have your team, you have a couple teams. I know LAFC did did had a good, you know, they had their run. You know, and I'm sure you'll have one, one or two MLS teams make a run, but they just don't. Like I said, the MLS teams just don't have the the bankroll as far as to stack talent like that. Liga MX teams because they have no like uh, cap. You know, that's I think that's that's the issue. Um, and now you have like, you know, some players you know coming over from Europe preferring to play in Liga MX. Uh, like if it's oh like Club America now they have a new coach they have Solari now I'm sure he's attracting you know players from you know Europe to come over here and play uh, so just the history of like the Liga MX is dominating I don't see that changing unless MLS decides to get rid of that cap and well we know that's not happening <laughs> yeah and then things would make be a lot more competitive you know. You know, and like I said, look, look, look at Tigers. Look at what they just proved. They just beat Palmeiras, who was, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, even Liga MX has been uh, trying to lobby to get back in the Copa Libertadores, um, and they just come about won't let them. But you know, with this loss, it was kind of a little humiliating loss. They said, "Hey, look, we can, like I said, we can't compete against the Copa Ball teams, you know, from either Argentina or Brazil." You know, I think that's even been mentioned about maybe MLS going into playing in the in the Cobalitaros, but they just don't have, like I said, the players and the money to compete against those high caliber teams. And like I said, and you mean you'll like to see maybe like LAFC versus Boca Juniors, but you know the end result of that game is going to be. So, but like I said, it's more exposure to the game or so and so forth. So maybe I think having more domestic cups. You know, it's better. Maybe, like I said, if if USL is going to be shut down, I think having like a domestic cup will be better. You know, just grow your own. You know, it's more market to yourself because, you know, you know, like I said, MLS doesn't really acknowledge USL as far as anything. So just do your own thing. You know, I think it'd be more fun. You know, having you know having a cup game for league final here in San Antonio that'd be great. You know. Or have a champion versus champion game, you know, the league champs versus the cup. So I think that'll be more entertaining. Plus, it'll be more benefit for us. We get to go to more games. So, what I would like to see if 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 the Concacaf is shut out, and I I would love to see a United States Soccer put together a lower division cup. Uh, kind of like uh, was it the Trophy Cup over in England? I think is what mm-hmm. it is. Where it's it's where you have you know all the NISA teams, all the USL League One teams, all of the um, 
USL championship teams, um, you know, even, you know, NPSL, you know, USL League Two, you know, have have teams that, you know, let's say play, playoff quality, you know, playoff, or if you want first or second in your division, you know, or in your conference, you know, you get a, you get an invite to the, um, you know, you know, the, the lower division cup. And I think that would be awesome to see. I think it would help grow the game. I think it mm-hmm. would be bring excitement because I think the biggest issue I know for me is it doesn't feel like that outside of MLS, which, you know, why this year's cup, why this year's open cup isn't, Hey, put all 32 teams in at once and, you know, have a random draw and, and see how it goes. Cause it, it's the perfect year to do it, yeah. you know, but you're going to knock out half the, you know, half the, half the lower division teams, then MLS comes in and, and you know, to me, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, you know, when it comes to that, but I well, think that. You already know what four t- eight teams on MLS is going to be. It's going to be LAFC, Galaxy. I don't know Denver. because they're trying to. I, I, I think it's going to be the Seattle. teams that are fringe that aren't automatically qualified for the Champions League and, and give them like like the Dynamo. I could see them being a candidate. Um, I'm interested to see about Austin FC. Like, would you leave Austin FC out if it's only eight? You know, and, and I know we're not, you know, a, a, you know, huge fans of, of Austin FC, but they're they're in our region. You know, yeah. you know they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be on our local TV. So it's, it, you know, as much as we dislike how they got it, they're here. They're gonna be playing. You know, from everything that I've heard, uh, Macala places. You know, is is looks awesome. You know, as much as I hate to say that, but to me, like I said here. I would love to see, you know, SAFC play Austin FC in an open cup match, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's here or even, you know, you know, I'd probably swallow and, and go up to McCullough place and, um, you know, hang out with uh, Las Verdes, you know, some of the, cool. you know, some of the friends up there, but. Go embarrass them. Yeah. That would be, I, I wouldn't complain. And I, I, wouldn't <laughs> I'm complain. Not lie to you. I, I don't think I would complain if club America goes out to Austin, put an eight zero on them. <laughs> I'll be happy with that, you know. You you would go up there, right? Uh, just, just for Club America, I can care for about the broccoli FC. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, but uh, final thoughts, you know. I don't want to bring down the show anymore. You know, talking about Austin FC, and there's really, unfortunately, no other news from SAFC uh, this week well, here. Oh, uh, well, Soniac, that was a shocker there. Oh yes, uh, going over to El Paso. Uh, I wonder uh, what happened there. I mean, what happened in Chile, you know? Somebody said on Twitter, and, you know, so it's Twitter, so take it for a grain of salt. Um, but supposedly he had a hip injury, um, and he played two matches with them, and that's all That's all that he played. So I'm, I'm assuming El Paso did their due diligence and, and, you know, ran him through to make sure he's healthy and, and stuff like that, especially since uh, – uh, their big striker Omar Salgado, uh, what tore his ACL, and he's expected back, you know, late summer uh, for that here. So, uh, you know, but yeah, you know, that was surprising. And like I said here, I can't verify if that rep- you know that that Twitter response was true or not. But it kind of makes sense on you know because he was listed on their roster in December. Um, I went you know looked up their team page. He was still listed on the roster, but. Uh, um, obviously, you know, that they went different directions and that, he, that's uh, surprising he, that they let him go for injury. I would think they would wait for him to kind of come back from that injury, unless there were some other issues, but you know, he's never given any problems, you know, mm-hmm. well, not that we know of, you know, with, you know, with SAFC. So, you know, I wonder if there's something more deeper than, than the hip injury, you know, for him to come, but you know, I, I was I was surprised that he signed with them. I, I wonder if SAFC reached out to him to try to bring him back. But. I think it was too late because they already got two. You know, they've got uh, oh, what is his name? The guy from Orlando City. They've already got two MLS quality uh, players already. Uh, yeah. Hold on one second. I'm pulling up the transfer. I mean, he would have been like even a, as a good third forward coming off the bench. I know he was a starter, but I mean, you can go with any combination. 
But you're not bringing him in to be. Uh, you're not bringing him in to be a uh, not starter, in my opinion, because yeah. the you know the cost of him to come in is is going to be more than, in, in my opinion, that, that you know for, than somebody you know somebody to ride, to ride the bench. Yeah. Um, was it Partin? Well, no, you got Justin that, Dillon and Santiago Patino. Yes. Yeah. Unless that hip injury, maybe SAFC. I think they may. We don't know how severe that hip injury. Maybe mm -hmm. he might miss the the first part of the season. You know, they probably decide. You know what? Let's sign you up. We'll rehab you, and then we'll plug you in once you're ready to go. So I'm I'm wondering if other teams didn't pass up on him because of that. And like I said here, that's unconfirmed. Uh, it was somebody that posted it on Twitter, you know, uh, after Texas uh, Soccer Journal posted kind of what happened, and uh, somebody responded back saying that he had a hip injury. So um, it's it'll it'll add some spice to the El Paso rivalry, uh, you know, for that here. And I know one topic that you wanted to kind of talk about was the possible league structure, I believe is what you wanted to talk about, uh, with it being a 32-week schedule, um, eight, 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 and seven. So three groups of eight, one group of seven. Um, I think in the West, to me, the wild cards, uh, Phoenix, whether they go into the Pacific, you know, as a group of eight, or if they come over and they do the, uh, four corners cup with the Copa Teos cup, uh, for that here. So I have kind of mixed results where I think if it's, um, if, if, uh, SAFC is in the group of seven, um, gives the opportunity and, and I say this gives the opportunity to where you could f possibly still face Oklahoma or Tulsa um, along those lines uh, for that here while they're in the East. But uh, um, I know you mentioned that you had some thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that that'd be an interesting division as far as with the seven teams. Um, I think for non-division games, we probably would see like, an you know, probably play OKC uh, or in Tulsa, maybe one game at Tulsa, one game OKC comes down here. Because I think I, I was looking at with the 32-game schedule, I think we're probably going to play each team in our division, I think, four times. If uh, you do, what, six? So that 20, would be 24? Uh, yeah, uh, no, be 24. yeah, it would be 24 if we're in the four. seven group. Yeah. So you'll have a, an eight-game, uh, unless they do – Three, which you know that could bump up, that bump it up to. Well, if you did four, four times six would be twenty. Twenty-four, Plus, which would give you eight. So we would have to play eight games. You know, maybe four. Like I said, I guess four with the other conferences. Mm -hmm. That'd be nice to play. Like I said, like Memphis or because that'd be a close Birmingham. game. Yeah. Birmingham. I play two in the east and two in the west, far west. So you know, play like play against the loyal in Oakland since we haven't played them. That'd be nice. Yeah, to I would love them. to play San Diego. I won't. I won't lie. San Diego would would be uh, one to play. That'll be a nice road trip too. <laughs> that, that, I'd rather go to San Diego than Oakland. You know, no offense to the roots, but uh, I've been to Oakland before. I've been, well, I've been to San Diego too. Uh, but you know, I've got uh, quite a few friends uh, down in San Diego, um, and then to me, if they could do a San Diego Orange County, uh, you, know, you know, Wednesday Saturday, that would be perfect. Uh, you know, for you know, perfect road trip, uh, you know, for the family. Rafa, final thoughts here. Uh, we we've eclipsed the the hour mark here. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts for final thoughts. Well, I'm going to put this out there for everyone's watching. Um, I know with the high school stuff we have every week. I like to know, and like I said, anyone watching, send us to you know our inboxes. Who has the biggest rivalry game here in San Antonio among the high school soccer teams? Who is the Classico? So if you're watching out there, send us send us your um, suggestions. If you have a name for your Classico game, like for me when I was in Del Rio, us versus Eagle Pass, it was it was the the Border Bowl. That's what we called it. Um, so send us, send us your classical games. Who's your big rival? And then we'll vote on who has the biggest rivalry game in San Antonio. And then also just to close out, close out um, just make sure everyone's safe out there. Like I said, make sure you take the vaccine. If you have an opportunity to take the vaccine, uh, make sure to do the social distancing. We're going to get there, like I said. You know, as long as we take care of business, 
be safe. We're going to be at, there at Toyota Field come May. Go cheer on, you know, cheer on our team to, you know, hopefully a, a USL Cup this year. And we're, look, we're looking forward, like I said, for being here, seeing you guys out there in the near future. My final thoughts going to be directed at San Antonio FC, and I do this every year. Please get on over-the-air TV. Like, you know, to me, why you're not on CW San Antonio. Um, I've already got, you know, confirmed reports from Chris Bills and, and others that Austin FC will be on the air here in San Antonio. Uh, they haven't announced which station yet, but uh, we are in the Austin FC television market. So if you do not, if you just go with the Fox Sports Southwest for a couple of games, you're losing, you're starting, you're, you're giving your fan base only one option to root for, and that's Austin FC or to watch Austin FC, I guess not root for, to watch Austin FC if they're, if they're on in, you know, nothing against Austin FC, you know, they're the MLS, you know, like I said here, they got the spot, you know, you can argue, you know, you know, whether it was right or wrong, it's been decided. So odds of San Antonio getting to MLS is probably, you know, less than 10% at this point. But for San Antonio FC, if you're going to be looking to go long-term to continue, you know, as Division II with USL Championship, looking, you know, to do the great things that you're doing with the San Antonio FC, you know, Pro Academy, and to build on that, you've got to make sure – that you're on the air, especially when it comes with Austin FC, because you do have a competing team. This isn't RGV. This isn't the bold. This is a team that, you know, is on par with, with how you run, with how you run your business. So please get on uh, over the air TV and not just Fox sports Southwest, because if, if you're on Fox sports Southwest and they're on CW or, you know, you know, one of the channels like that, what's the odds of, of the average fan on the South side being able to find you. So, um, you know, even if you're on a Spanish station, which, you know, Hey, might, might to me might be even better, um, where you can reach that, that targeted audience that, that does, you know, that we do need to reach. We do need to increase our exposure down to there, uh, for that here, but it's my annual plea. Uh, I know, I've said this, what, this is year five, year six, and, and as of yet, uh, it hasn't gone anywhere. But uh, anyways, uh, I think that's going to wrap up the show. Hopefully next week uh, we'll have uh, some more SAFC-related where, you know, uh, Royce, uh, you know, you will come back with his whiteboard uh, for <laughs> that here. Uh, but uh, thank you for tuning in. And like I said here, uh, please listen uh, to the podcast. Uh, if you get an op opportunity on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, along those lines here, it'll be uploaded probably later on this evening. But what's life without goals? Thank you and hope you have a wonderful evening.